a couple weeks ago, I started talking about how do we know a person. Last week, I was really focusing on us knowing the Lord and as one of the most important, the most important relationship. And it's interesting as we really endeavor to know the Lord, he's the one that helps us really know the people around us, love our families, and, and grow. I was just thinking this morning before I got up about my father. And I really just love my father. And I was thinking about how the different times I would try to get to know him more. And it was mainly if I could get him quiet by himself and get him talking. First of all, when I was a young kid, get him to talk about his war experiences. When he talked about being in the war, he began to just open up and really share and reveal himself. I also think about, you know, sometimes when, you know, we start, maybe those of you who are married, you start thinking about when you started dating. You know, when you had all those butterflies and all those excited feelings and it changed the way you ate and you started, you know, talking to that person. And then when you get married, how you kind of wonder, like, how has our relationship changed? And we all settle into this place of comfort and of knowing a person, but maybe it's not as intense emotionally or, you know, we don't have all the same feelings, but a lot of times there's a faithfulness that has been established that you begin to understand that they have strengths and weaknesses. And, yeah, sometimes most of all in relationships, the more we get to know a person, we don't like certain aspects of their personality or temperament. How many would be, how many would be honest to say that? You struggle sometimes with people's personality and temperaments. That's being honest. But how in our commitment with those that we love, especially those who, of us who are married, it's like you accept each other. You, you know them and you're faithful to them. You put up with the differences in personality, the things that irritate you. You actually are become more patient, and you realize that's part of who they are, but you kind of look more at the other things that are positive and, and encourage you. And I think it's kind of the same way when we grow with the Lord. We experience his love. Maybe it's a miracle he does to initiate this relationship. And then we start getting a little familiar with him start getting a little bit uh, maybe uncomfortable because you know he starts urging you to do different things, maybe to say no to certain things. Or he's pushing you in a direction maybe you're not comfortable going. There's a ministry or something he wants you to do that you're not that comfortable doing. But it's because you know him in that deepest place that you start yielding into those places where you, you know he wants you to go. And I want you, just as we're talking about knowing God, to just keep expanding how you know God and what he's asking from you and keep growing in knowing who God is. It, it's such a complex package for us because being in this world, all of our senses are connected here. And for us to really experience God, we have to kind of spend that time waiting on him so that our, our heart, our spirit is hearing God and receiving from God, but then recognizing him as we live this natural life that is sometimes seems so disconnected from who God is and how, how it is to know him. You know, last week I was talking about the calling of the, the disciples and how different ones of them, God was calling them to follow him. And he was just interacting with them in such a way where they left everything and they began to follow him. There was something about this relationship with this guy 
a lot of them were confessing, this is the Messiah, this is the one, and it changed their whole life. There was something that they were experiencing with Jesus that was God in the flesh that they wanted to know him. And they wanted to know him so badly that they put him first, and many of them left their, their jobs, some of them left their families and different things they were involved with to really dedicate their life to the Lord. I'm thinking Peter was probably the first one being married who had to wrestle with the call of God and, and yet being a married man. And it's interesting, someday we'll get to ask him how that worked out. I want to read um, John 1, 40, verses 43 through 47. Just saying that Jesus knows his followers. Jesus continued to gather and add to his 12. It says, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Remember when Jesus first said that to you, follow me? Maybe it wasn't those exact words, but in your heart, something began to cause your physical heart to vibrate a little faster. You maybe had different emotions and feelings. Your senses were at their heightened place. Kind of like what Ken was saying when he said God just grabbed his head and just impressed him about the love he had for him. Follow me. It goes so deep in our spirit, the knowing that God loves us, but he wants to follow us to follow him, that we're on this journey that's scary. Because let's face it, all of us want some kind of control. We get up in the morning, we want to have some kind of control in our life. Life is crazy, life is unpredictable. From one minute to the next, we're not sure what's going to happen, so we seek to have some kind of control. But surrendering our life to God is probably going to give us the most control we'll ever have. And that control is being able to realize, I have no control, but the one I'm trusting and the one I'm learning to know, he has the ultimate control. Verse 44 says, Now Philip was from Bethesda, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God. You know, sometimes we, we're in a church service or a spiritual environment or we feel like God says something to us. We're overwhelmed because we're thinking we have to immediately change our whole life. And, okay, you're knowing God wants something from you. Or maybe the first time you feel like there's a real call in your life, you're overwhelmed. Like, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to just quit everything and, and just go sit on a mountain or something? No. Just keep doing what you're doing. But keep praying. Keep reading your word. Keep giving God time. Keep giving him time to grow in knowing him. And at the right time, you're going to know. I can remember just, you know, being a working person. And I would have been happy to just stay a working person my whole life. Because I felt like, and sometimes I felt like I was more useful for the kingdom than I was going full time. Because I'm, I was always with the unsaved. I was always uh, t- trying to look for those moments to talk to the fellow drivers or people I worked with at work. But I was remembering the routines, you know, having my relationship with God, taking my time with God, having a family, being involved in church, but thinking of how normal everything was. And I just remember my dispatcher every morning. He, he was an old Navy guy, and he would say right at 730, okay, gentlemen, time to kick the tires and light the fires. Get it, let's get going. Or my boss would come through when everyone was sitting around a little bit longer than they should be, and he'd say, Gentlemen, daylight's burning. Like, get to work. You know, whether you have a job or you're listening 
for your boss to give you instructions or you know what to do. Knowing God is kind of the same way. Keep living your life. Keep doing the things that you're involved with and the things that you need to do. But in this knowing God, you're going to know when it's time to change. You're going to know when it's time that God wants to adjust something. And I think sometimes Satan moves on us and makes us afraid of what God's going to ask for us because we think it's going to be some radical thing that he wants you to do. And he's not. Yes, there's radical changes going on, but they're more inside of us. They're, they're more in saying yes and being patient. But when God wants you to move, the, the progression will be, it'll be handleable. You'll be able to handle it. You'll be able to do it. I remember the four years when God was telling me, I don't want you working here more. I want you to be full-time. I remember the wrestling process. But I also remember how over those four years, he initiated circumstances and this timing for us to quit everything and move down here. And so I just want to ease your mind that just keep getting to know him. And when you're feeling afraid of what he's asking of you or when you have a fear that he's going to ask you to do something that you don't want to do, just keep trusting in that relationship. Just like often in our relationships or in marriage, we are challenged to do things that maybe we're scared to do. Maybe buy a house, you know, uh, change jobs, you know, whatever it is. Decide you're going to have kids. There's these moments that you decide you have a knowing it's time to change. But, you know, how you start those changes, you have to talk a lot about it. You have to be on the same page. God wants to reveal everything you need to know in this process of following him. Verse 46, And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. And it's interesting, this part of we're talking about getting to know God, that Jesus already knows us. Jesus already knew Nathanael. He knew everything about him. So John 1.48, Nathanael says to Jesus, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to Nathanael, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And I think you need to understand that today, that God sees you. God knows everything about you. He knows whatever trust issues you have. He knows whatever fears you're dealing with. He knows the desires of your heart. But he says, I know you. And really, to understand and come more into this place of all of us trusting God, we want to know someone who knows us. Think about when we start relationship. The biggest draw is that somebody actually cares about me. Somebody wants to know me. Someone wants to be in relationship with me. I was overwhelmed when I asked Dory to marry me, and she said yes. I'm thinking, why? What do I have to offer? You know, God wants to know us. He knows all of our days before they've even happened. He knows each day according to Psalms 139, I think it's verse 6. But he wants to draw us into this place where we be, begin to know him deeper and deeper. And so we're on this progression all throughout eternity. I think we're always going to be learning deeper aspects of the love of God and who he is. And I think that's why it's not going to be boring. Because we're going to keep finding out who he is. And we're going to keep wondering... I cannot believe how deep God is. You know, sometimes we, we get frustrated with each other because we feel like maybe we're shallow or we're locked up. But God is the one that helps us know the depths because he created us to be deep. He created us to, to be those who would get involved and, and know and know him. 
Why not seek to know the one who wants to know us? Jesus has made advances towards us. You know, some of you girls want to be courted. Maybe some of you were a little bit forward and advanced on your guy. But it's, it's a neat thing to make advances to the, to the Lord, to know that how he first drew us. He made advances on us. He tripped us up. Maybe, maybe it was a crisis, but he was trying to get our attention or trying to get us out of some predicament. He wanted to bring peace into our lives or bring us into this relationship, so he made advances to us. It's okay for us to make advances on God. It's interesting how God sometimes, I notice sometimes where it seems like God pulls back and plays hide-and-seek. Ever felt like God played hide-and-seek with you? And you have to, like, go after him? You know, you play with your kids, and they get all excited when they find you? I think it's the same way with God. We go through circumstances or times in our life when, where are you, God? I know you're here with me, but I can't seem to connect with you. Those are the times where God likes us to pursue him because he then jumps out and he reveals himself, just like that parent with their child to show you, I am here, I know what you're going through, and I just want you to pursue me a little bit. And sometimes when we have a need, when we pursue God, it, it just almost like gives us a little bit more motivation. It, it keeps us from that passive place where, okay, God is God. He knows everything. He's everywhere. He's inside of me. And it almost like gets us active in our passion to go after God and pursue him because he's real and he cares. In John 10, 27, Jesus said, The sheep that are my own hear and are listening to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. There's such a peace in those connection times with God where your heart just, it just settles in there. Maybe your mind doesn't have a lot of revelations or understandings of these connections, but you know you've made a connection with God. That's knowing him. It's a spiritual knowing. It's from spirit to spirit. And yes, there are times where there's revelations from the word, there's understanding that comes to our mind of what we should do or what God wants from us, and then we act on it. But knowing God is, is so much deeper, and it, and it is that place where God's nurturing our spirits. He's growing us in the spiritual relationship because God is spirit, and it says those who worship him, those who connect with God, those who know and have fellowship with him, it's spirit-to-spirit fellowship. And I think that's why we get frustrated sometimes in our natural man because we're used to seeing people, hearing people, touching people, and having that interaction. And because God's not doing that, we sometimes give up quick in our prayers or we just kind of blow God off. And a lot of times we just go ahead and do things on our own when we really need to hear from God. We really need a sense that comes down inside to, of knowing what, what decisions we should make or what to do. Peter said that we need to grow. In, in 2 Peter 3.18, he said, grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Growing in grace is, is the power. It's God's ability living in us. We all have weak wills. How many have started a diet and it lasted a short time and then something tasty came away and you said, well, I'm just going to step off this for a few days or a meal. And it's the grace of God. It's God's ability. It's God's power in us that really enhances our weak will and helps us to overcome and helps us to do those things that normally we can't do on our own. That's incredible, that grace. And so we're supposed to keep growing in that grace. We're supposed to keep gaining the knowledge of the Word of God and what God's saying to us and then asking the Holy Spirit to help us make it a part of our lives. Help us to have fruit from what we're hearing from God and what revelations He's giving to us that we can actually put into practice. 
our key verse. This is the third week I think we've used it, Matthew eleven twenty seven. There is so much in this verse out of the Amplified Bible. Jesus said, all things have been entrusted and delivered to me by my Father. He's the go-to guy, isn't he? All things have been entrusted and delivered to me by my Father. There's not one thing you can come up with that it's, it, Jesus doesn't have a handle on or can issue it to us. And no one fully knows and accurately understands the Son except the Father. I guess we can understand that. He's created in God's image. He, Jesus is God in the flesh. And so he came to reveal God's love, God who is spirit, who is everywhere. He came to translate that love to all of us. And so he's an accurate representation and representative of the Father to us. Then he goes on to saying, no one fully knows and accurately understands the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son deliberately wills to make him known. So in those moments when we feel like, I can't get my prayers answered, God, I don't know where you are, this is a good verse to go to. Lord, you want to accurately and deliberately, you will to make God the Father known to me. So sometimes if we just sit a little longer in his presence, lay out those problems and say, God, I really need your wisdom. I really need revelation. I need understanding of what to do. Then when you leave that place and step out to make some decisions, you're going to find that the wisdom of God is going to come and is going to reveal to you. The Son deliberately wills to make him known. Well, he, Jesus went to the cross. There's a number of scriptures that say that he died on the cross for everyone. And God is not willing that any would perish. So that means all of us, God is willfully and deliberately wanting to make God known to us. So really, when, again, when our mind tells us God's not showing up, I don't know him, don't go by those thoughts. Don't go by those feelings. Because God is working to make himself known. I'm going to ask you this question right now. Do you deliberately, do you know that God wants to make himself known to you? And I'm thinking if there's any challenge to that, know that that's not right. God does want to make himself known. Uh, to be known means to recognize, become fully acquainted with, to perceive, and especially in the realm of the spirit where which that's now how we perceive God. It's our intuition. It's our discernment. It's our spiritual sensitivity. It's that knowing that's down deep inside. And as you grow as a Christian, it takes a little time to develop that spiritual sensitivity where you know God's voice. And sometimes as you're beginning to grow, you can recognize sometimes that the enemy is trying to counterfeit and he's trying to be a spiritual God to you. And so he's trying to like deceive you. And as you grow in your relationship with God, you learn to discern the voices, whether they're from God or from the enemy. And sometimes it's by making a mistake, and sometimes by acting on what you think is God, and then it turns out it's not God. But don't get frustrated. Keep asking God, Lord, help me. Divide between my soul and my spirit. Help me to have a sensitivity to receive and perceive what you're saying versus what my mind is saying or what the enemy is trying to deceive me with to get me distracted. In Psalms 9, 10, they who know your name who have experienced an acquaintance with your mercy, will lean on and confidently put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek, inquire of, and for you on the authority of your word and the right of their necessity. A right 
you have a right to um, pick up something. It, it's kind of a big thing, but it's almost like we have to get a, a handle on knowing what we can receive. I, I think one example for me was like, here, I was just a nobody. I mean, I'd show up at a place representing my company, and I'd say, I'm here to pick up all the material for a chemical systems division. And the guy at the counter would just start bringing out stuff, or he'd say, well, put your truck in the back, and they'd put forklift forklift loads of stuff on the thing. I'd sign my name, but there was no representation that I I was anybody from the company, but I represented. And we have the right to use God's name. You have to understand that you have rights because you know God, because he's made himself known. You have rights to receive, to pick up from him what heaven has for you, to go before the throne of grace, to obtain the mercy and grace that you need to receive from God or to have the wisdom to make decisions or to be open to receive from people you know, a lot of times God answers our prayers. Most of the time he answers our prayers through another person, through God bringing resources to us that are not directly physically from God, and yet they are from people. So they come through a different channel. They're from God, but they come through people. In Psalms 9.16, the Lord has made himself known. You know, the, the Bible says that the heavens declare God's glory, that he's everywhere, that there is a creator behind all this that we see. We see that sun every morning. We see it go down at night. God is the God who is in control of the universe. And it can help us realize, hey, you have made yourself known. Even you being so spiritual, you somehow touched my heart and awakened me to the knowledge that there is a spiritual world, that Jesus is a real person he was God in the flesh that died for my sins, that, my, that I might know God, that I might know eternal things and get ready for eternity. In Psalms 46.10, oh, you guys, I'm sorry. Will you stand? It's one minute after. <laughs> I'm just going to close in prayer and then I'll let you go. But if you, anyone needs personal prayer or anything, the altars will be open. Lord, we just thank you that you want to re- Reveal yourself more and more to us, and you first did it through Jesus Christ. And I pray as we go this week, we would walk in a a greater peace and confidence that we're in relationship with you through Jesus Christ. And you're going to keep speaking to us. And problems and things that come up, you're going to help us see them resolved through who you are. We thank you in Jesus' name. All right, God bless you. Have a great week.